Hello, my beautiful butterflies, and welcome to today's bonus video. I am here with Dr. Nick Delgado. He is a lifestyle medicine specialist, and today we're going to talk about the link between estrogen and acne, and hormones and acne. Dr. Nick, it's a pleasure to be able to speak to you. It's great to be with you, Cassandra. You know, the problem that people face with this issue with their skin, pimples, blackheads, whiteheads, and worse, acne, it's a troubling problem. And I think about my own situation going when I was a young person, and then now all these years later, having figured out the mechanism. So I'm really happy to be uh, interviewed about this subject because Dr. Sonia, your board certified dermatologist, your dermatologist started with you um, several years ago, and we kind of came together, right? Yes. So as a little bit of background, Dr. Nick has uh, an annihilating acne protocol. He has some supplements on the market. He has books. This is actually written with the dermatologist that I see, Dr. Sonia. And what's amazing is that I didn't even put together how scientific his methods were or the connection um, until pretty much uh, recently and also today. And this is the first time we're meeting in person. And Dr. Sonia is someone that I saw as a teenager. As you guys know, I bounced from doctor to doctor to doctor. I saw over 24 specialists. Dr. Sonia was the only one who listened to me when it came to my skin, my health, and my wellness. And actually took the time to like hear me out. And so then so many years later, um, I saw her for the first time in I think nine and a half years, like a month ago. And to see that you guys wrote a book together literally on this topic is phenomenal. Yes. So uh, as a little bit of a background and as a thank you, I want to make sure that that gratitude is expressed. And when it does come to acne, I think that, like you mentioned, a lot of people have questions about birth control and about estrogen and testosterone. And acne is, you know, there are many causes of it. For some people, it could be that you're just not washing your face properly or not using the right creams. But if you have a hormonal issue, something like polycystic ovarian syndrome or a systemic problem, what you put on your face is not going to fix that. If it truly is hormonal and systemic, you have to address that first. So Dr. Nick, from what you've seen in the industry, what are the biggest questions people have about estrogen and testosterone? And how does the metabolic pathway of estrogen and estrogen metabolism lead to breakouts? Absolutely. It's an important question because even experienced dermatologists are confused about that hormonal interplay, mainly because oftentimes dermatologists don't have a core training in endocrinology or hormonal specialty. Uh, in in my case, I cross-trained with the world experts in hormone specialty, Dr. Terry Hertog, Dr. Ron Rothenberg, uh, Dr. Sangeeta Patti. And so we all worked together to kind of as a brain trust, figure these things out. And it turned out that for them, maybe acne wasn't the most focused area of interest. Mm -hmm. For me, it was because I had a large following and we had really come across a connection to estrogen and its relationship to acne and breakouts. And it was in that early days that I'd created a, a cream that helped to modulate estrogen metabolism. And then later I came out with a product that we now call Estroblock and it, it just got fabulous results. And I, I was really pressed to say, what is the mechanism? Why is it working so good? And then what was troubling was doctors were prescribing birth control pills to try and help kids, young people resolve acne. And it does, but that led to the mistaken belief that somehow birth control pills and estrogen seem to help 
the acne situation when in reality it was a binding globulin which hormone. we call sex hormone binding globulin which is a protein yes so in that mechanism I looked at it and I thought, okay, I don't want people to have to think they have to take birth control pills to clear up their skin, although initially it does wonders, but then what about the side effects, the long-term use of birth control pills? It wasn't the best approach that even dermatologists were comfortable with because it was off-label using something that's normally for birth control, but it was helping their skin. So I started looking at how do you increase sex hormone binding globulin, and I came across the fact that cruciferous vegetables, dienyl methane, indole 3 carbonyl, and the right mixes, particularly with a good delivery broccoli. system. Let's give some examples like broccoli, your cauliflower, we're talking cabbage, uh, maybe even bok choy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So some of those, uh, talking about these cruciferous vegetables, you found had a link. Even more importantly, it wasn't just the cooked vegetables. It turned out the raw vegetables were the most pronounced in the concentration of this special, what we call a phytochemical, methane DIM, what we'll abbreviate for short. And there was also a debate between indole-3-carbonyl, which was better, and it also was found in the plant-based foods. And I said, why debate? Just put them both in and let's let's work it out at the correct dose. And then there was some discussion about indole-3 at higher dosages that it might have a, a slight side effect. So I said, okay, let's keep it at a dose that no one would ever take too much, that it would still work in conjunction. And then I looked at other combinations to see how estrogen could be metabolized, because that's the key word. Metabolism of that is estrogen going through the pathways till it becomes a safe form of estrogen. And more than that, doctors certainly know about E1, E2, estriol, estrone, and estradiol, but they didn't realize there's over 40 different estrogen metabolites, which are typically measured in the urine. We look at about five of them very closely, and I've been doing this for years, and it was very striking that it turned out that the very things that increase sex hormone binding globin, which turned out to be plant-based protein foods, and certain supplements, DIM, indole-3-carbonyl, both increase the level of this binding globulin, and the binding globulin attached to the excess free-floating hormone, so it helped to clear up the skin. And then another discovery, which was huge, there's what's called mTOR, mammalian targeted on rapamycin. And this is a particular enzyme when elevated forces growth, kind of worsens PCOS, makes problems with the skin worse, and uh, particularly may increase the risk of cancer. And so we realized that Foods high in leucine, an amino acid found in animal products, tend to increase mTOR, while plant-based foods tended to, like fruits and vegetables, were low in leucine, and it lowered the mTOR. There was another reason why the skin improved. And I was so excited to find that pathway. And then to add to the further benefit, it wasn't really testosterone itself that was causing the acne. It was that sometimes testosterone converts into one of these estrogens, and then it goes further downstream into one of these, what we call bad estrogens. There's 2-hydroxyesterone, which is good, 16-alpha-hydroxyesterone, which is bad. We call it bad, but essentially at high levels, it can cause a problem. And then we found out, again, that DIM and indole-3-carbonyl in the product EsterBlock with the right delivery system, because crystalline DIM doesn't just normally absorb. It has to have the right delivery system. And people were monkeying around with soy and um, uh, bioprin pepper, and it, it really wasn't a good delivery. We found the most effective delivery system, and I'm not going to reveal exactly what that is but basically as a proprietary basis we discovered the best delivery with the purest form and sure enough we were getting
having magnificent results, but it didn't help everyone. I came out with another product called DHT Block. And DHT Block, it doesn't really block DHT, but it metabolizes it. So it goes through the through the steps. So you won't measure a person with acne with high DHT levels, dihydrotestosterone, but you'll find a lot of concentration in the skin. So we discovered certain ingredients, phytochemicals that were plant-based actually help to clear or to move it through to a safer pathway that calmed that down. And then to add more excitement, the whole idea that insulin could be modulated. And I know there's so much talk about insulin right now and intermittent fasting and paleo and keto. And they're trying to say that's the only way to modulate insulin. No, I get people on a plant-based diet and their insulin levels are two, one or two or three. And if anyone knows insulin, that's extremely low, incredible modulation improvement. But I'll tell you the story in a moment, but I'm sure you have some questions about how insulin can be modulated. But do you have any questions so far? So just as a recap, um, so that I can process all of this amazing information that you're okay. sharing. Um, estrogen and testosterone are a part of our bodies naturally. They are yes. important. There are many different forms of both, and they are converted into different hormones that basically allow our body to signal, to do certain things for a woman to have a period, even for a man to have hormonal cycles. But the problem is that it sounds like when those get out of whack, it can cause acne. It can, of course, cause other issues such as sleep disturbances or problems. Uh, but especially if you're here on this channel, probably worried about the skin. And even though we have options to treat it topically, if the problem is systemic, you have to treat that systemically. And what you found specifically was that this compound found in cruciferous vegetables was super helpful. There were other alternatives on the market, such as soy or whatnot, but you found one that's more bioavailable. Bioavailable meaning naturally available to our bodies to absorb. And when that compound is absorbed correctly in the body, um, it basically binds to the negative forms of these hormones that are floating around. It binds to them so that your body doesn't have to bind to them. Yeah, correct? It, it actually supplies a cytochrome enzyme, and that enzyme helps the bad 16-alpha-hydroxyesterone to convert to the safer 2-hydroxyesterone. And there's a 2-methoxyesterone, which basically Dr. Jonathan Wright identified as the most potent natural anti-cancer agent. Not only did you get a benefit of the skin, but these teenagers who have skin problems, in the future, we may be able to reduce their risk by continuing with a good diet, a good supplementation, good lifestyle intervention, those three factors, and detoxification by keeping them essentially maybe cancer-free, maybe breast cancer would be lower, ovarian cancer, the the issues that uh, endometriosis, the, the fibroids, there's about 40 different conditions. And I'm working on a new book on estrogen metabolism and what's called estrogen dominance that um, is really right now at our website, estroblock.com. But we're basically kind of just educating doctors worldwide about this issue and then we're getting to the public and trying to make it more practical to understand. So that's why your show comes in because I'm so excited that you can kind of explain what I'm saying. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you taking the stance of helping people understand what's going on with their skin. I think that education is empowerment and that's super important. But like you said, this is a really important compound because it is found in those cruciferous vegetables. If you're eating those, eat that plant-rich diet. I found that by going plant-based and eating primarily raw foods, my skin was helped. But that's not feasible for everybody. Sometimes it's costly. Sometimes they just don't like to chew on raw broccoli. And that's where you have Block, which uh, is this option that you have created, which is wonderful. Now, outside of that, I want to go back and touch on birth control really quickly. Sure. Doctors prescribe this, but like you were saying, they were prescribing it off-label, mm -hmm. seeing that it helps for people and prescribing it. But I do want to make the distinction that there are times where birth control makes acne worse. And the reason why is because birth control 
modulates your hormones. It changes your hormones. That's how it stops um, the reproductive cycle from being able to let an egg fertilize and let you have a baby. But for some people who maybe have the opposite problem of the norm, taking birth control could cause acne in them because the estrogen and testosterone balance is disrupted. Um, so like you said, it is really great to have an option on the market, whether it's a hormonal supplement, whether it is actual food that you choose to use. It's nice to know that there is something other than a prescription that has that ability. And then you also touched on insulin resistance. And for those who remember, insulin is like that little messenger that's like a little lock and key, and it goes through your body and it helps you store fat. But everyone kind of markets it as a bad thing because of that. I want you to think of it not as a fat storing hormone, but as a sugar modulating hormone. When we eat sugar, our body has to do something with it. It has to use it as energy for our muscles, for our brain, etc. Insulin is what allows our body to use that properly and to store it for later. Um, so the problem is that high sugar diets, especially those who eat processed foods, this high insulin has been linked to having a lot of acne. But like you said, there are supplements on the market. There are also whole foods such as fruits, fructose, which is different than the sugar that is uh, sucrose, which is found in over the table or in processed foods. And even though they're both sugars, they break down in our bodies differently. So some can lead to a pathway that could cause inflammation and acne, while others could actually be, if not, not harmful, if anything, anti-inflammatory or beneficial for the brain. So tell me a little bit more about insulin and what you have found. It's an exciting subject for me because there's some heavy scientific discussions going on with an Asian doctor and others, and, and I'm listening to them very closely. I'm about ready to do my YouTube replies, as I often do, particularly for the keto community, the paleo community, the plant-based community, those who have gone plant-based oil-free. I mean, there's a lot of subgroups, and it's kind of exciting because I've been studying this pathway for about 40 years. So really, it's an interesting to know that there's insulin-like growth factor, IGF-1, and there's also what's called cortisol. And that relates to insulin-like insulin growth factor uh, is directly an offshoot of the liver production of human growth hormone. So when we're talking about PCOS and insulin metabolism and uh, metabolic syndrome, you really have to go back several chapters to, to really understand the core original science and then to make sense of what everyone's talking about and also debunk a lot of the myths that are coming out right now, but more importantly, to set the record straight. If they're ready to hear this, I'm ready to set the record straight. Yes, please. I'm curious now. I'm like, wait, what are the myths and do I I believe any of them? Am I wrong? I love being corrected. So please educate us. <laughs> okay. Right now there's an ongoing belief that somehow fruit itself, because it has fructose in it, is going to cause disorders or problems with insulin metabolism. When in reality, the blood sugar levels and the fruit sugar itself, fructose, if in the fruit itself, has a very important phytochemical that's called polyphenols. And fruit is rich rich in polyphenols and what it does is it stabilizes blood sugar and we once asked dr jenkins in an interview one of my colleagues was interviewing him and dr jenkins is so important to this study because he was the one that did the science behind the um, glycemic index he was part of the original researchers that looked at individual foods where a person would come in 
basically into the laboratory after their typical way of eating, which typically was a high-fat American diet. They would then feed someone on the baseline of what they use, which surprisingly they use white bread as the baseline, but they'd give someone carrot and they say, oh my gosh, carrots cause an insulin spike. Oh my gosh, a certain fruit, ele elevated blood sugar. And then certain foods seem to stabilize and so forth. So it was interesting, but it wasn't quite correct because it really depended on what the person was eating leading up to the study. Yeah. And here's the hidden link that everyone, everyone is missing. Everyone. And that is that when Dr. James Anderson, a world-renowned endocrinologist in 1976, looked at the glycemic index studies and he said, wait a minute, can we just assume that just because the Western world in the U.S. we eat a high-fat, sad, sad American diet, that the people leading into that diet, what if we put them on a whole food, oil-free, beans and peas, fruits and vegetables, unprocessed, as natural as going back to human evolutionary history? Not this caveman thing that goes back 40,000 or 100,000. Go back 4 million years ago when fire wasn't around and humans were basically foraging all day long, pulling fruit out of the trees, tubers out of the ground. In other words, tubers, you know, potatoes, yams and things and carrots, etc. And they were just foraging, eating essentially all day long. Now, sure, there was fasting periods in, in the Eskimo regions where they don't live as long. There's harsh regions in the desert. And the humans could adapt and go periods of time on fasting and without eating. But that didn't mean that was ideal. Ideal was being able to nibble and eat all day long. The, the animals, the humans could have sex all day long, like bonobos monkeys, which stand up right looking into each other's eyes when they have intimacy. Basically, they're as close, 94.6 genetic match. The point is... We were designed to eat whenever we were hungry and not be going long periods without eating. But the insulin stability got back to too much fat in the diet. You see, we have three meals a day, sure. But those three meals, now they're saying skip one of the meals because it's so high in calories and high in fat that it desensitizes the insulin. It's really fat, not sugar that desensitizes the insulin. So when Dr. Uh, Anderson went ahead and put people uh, for two weeks on a 10% fat diet, 10% protein, 80% complex carbohydrate diet, no added sugars, no added oils. So again, this is not just, oh, eat intuitively, eat what you want. It was, this is the kind of food that was available when our bodies were going through evolution, pure, whole, plant-based foods. Right. And then he fed them carrots after an overnight fast in the morning eating carrot, or he fed them um, potato or rice or beans or meat or cheese or whatever. And guess what he found? Complete opposite of what the glycemic index leads you to believe. Carrots were healthy. All fruit stabilized blood sugar levels. All plant-based foods were came in perfect for insulin control. In fact, most of my clients, including myself, we maintain an insulin level and we eat through the day when we're hungry, don't overeat. We don't eat three meals a day. We don't eat six. We don't eat one. We eat whatever we need, slightly weak, a little bit empty, and we start to nibble. We don't eat a lot, uh, kind of like the Japanese, hari hashibu. Eat up to where you're 80% satisfied. Let the food kind of absorb and then kind of melt right into your ideal caloric need you're depending on your exercise and your routine and i'm a world-class athlete i can outlift virtually anyone certainly uh, out of the world i'm in the top 
whatever percentage in strength and endurance dumbbell training. I'll be 65 this year and I'll still take on guys half my age and it'll, I, I'll crush you in most cases. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I know energy metabolism. I know protein metabolism, insulin and glucose. And it turns out that insulin is highly metabolic, highly uh, anabolic that is. It builds muscle. But if it's too high, it's too high for one reason. And it's because too much fat triglycerides is in the bloodstream throughout the day. It desensitizes the insulin and that, what that means is insulin can't push sugar into the cells where it belongs. So it floats around in the blood. Then you get high blood sugar, you get diabetes. It's not you eat sugar, it floats around the blood because the body craves and looks for sugar, but that right kind of sugar. And if you eat fruits and vegetables, beans and peas, you get two calories per minute, absorbs into the cells exactly at the rate you need. If you drink Coca-Cola, that's the wrong type. Industrial fructose, it's man-made fructose. That's bad. That shoots your blood sugar levels up maybe because it absorbs at 18 calories per minute your body's struggling going oh wait a lot of glucose here a lot of insulin a lot of fructose let's try and push it in the cell so insulin goes up so which came first really if a person is on a healthy exercise and whole foods diet then their body will metabolize blood sugar perfectly if they're on plant-based their skin will look immaculate they're not going to have pcos they're not going to have insulin uh, like growth factor spikes or cortisol spikes or huge human growth hormone spikes they're going to have like an orchestra the hormones all work together in a perfect balance estrogen testosterone dha i study over 38 different hormones that each of my clients get evaluated based on their urine test their saliva and their blood and then we put that all together so they get their levels perfectly balanced so they can have outstanding consistent energy they can have incredible beautiful skin the body they've always wanted and the energy and the libido if that's important to you all of these things come together because human wise that's how we were designed i'm not trying to create an artificial program that calorically deprives people and they're so hungry that in animal deprivation calorie studies sure they live a little bit longer but they sit at the bottom of the cage they don't make love they don't hang out together they're so weak they're conserving their energy that's not a way you you run around keto or paleo people their breath is bad because they're burning off ketones and they're burning off uh, body proteins they're doing things that are not consistent with human physiology and insulin metabolism so if you want good health you need to get to the level of how do the hormones balance out through the right whole food diet the timing of the meals, the exercise that fits in, the sleep that you need to revitalize those hormones, and what do you do to keep love in your life and reduce stress so that all of this works together. It really all does pay, uh, play a big role in the quality of your skin, the quality of your energy, and the quality of your life. Yeah, that is so true. And even speaking about keto, you bring up some uh, really interesting topics that I think we'll have to dive into on this channel and kind of like analytically look at in the future. Um, but but I want to say, I really like what you're saying, especially about uh, eating intuitively. I have an issue where I feel like if I was told to eat intuitively, I'd be like, well, I want the chocolate donut. Like, I know that's not good for me, but like that's what's available in the environment. Um, and so for me, hearing that this works for you and people in your office is really liberating. And also hearing how how passionate you are about this education, how it's so important that people understand how their bodies work so that we can make the best choices for them is truly amazing. Um, and this is your cookbook. So also, please tell me, I did not know this until today, by the way, you've been vegan for about 40 or plant based. I'm sorry, plant based for about 40 years and eating low oil. And like you said, you're 65. I'm just 
that's crazy to me. <laughs> that's just, that's crazy to me. Um, and getting back to the idea of estrogen and acne, you now have a better understanding of how estrogen and testosterone work in your body, why they can sometimes be related to breakouts, why for some people, it's not a product issue. It's an internal issue. And if you are interested in talking to your doctor, there is hormone replacement. There is birth control. There are over-the-counter supplements. You produce some. Um, I would encourage everybody to look at the details of what's in their supplements and make sure that they double check for the purity standards because you don't want to take a supplement that won't work for you. And I think that you guys offer protocols and then there are protocols elsewhere online that can help you determine this. And then third, if you'd like to give cruciferous vegetables a try, whether they're raw or cooked, those could also be a really great addition to the diet. And even like kimchi is fermented cabbage. So yeah. There's a famous study that was done that wasn't too well publicized by a very renowned European uh, dermatologist. And he went to the Kitavin South Pacific Island where the skin of these people is immaculate. Now they don't eat coconut oil. They eat the whole coconut meat, the coconut water. They eat whole fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, and a variety of fresh food. And occasionally they eat a little bit of fish. Really, it's interesting that their diet is essentially almost all plant-based, unprocessed, whole food. Their skin is immaculate. They rated their skin, the dermatologist, checking hundreds of young people on up to adults with perfect no no blackheads no whiteheads no pimples no no acne no scars nothing the skin was immaculate yet the same relatives when they migrate from the south pacific to japan their diet gets a little worse to hawaii even worse to the u.s worse and what do you see it's not genetic these people their skin gets worse just like the Incidence of coronary heart disease gets worse. It goes up 10 times the level by the time they get to the United States, start eating an American diet, and then trying to get so confused. Well, oh my gosh, somehow we're trying to eat an American diet. So the only way we can make an American diet eat is uh, work is like, oh, we're going to have butter in the diet instead of margarine. We're going to eat uh, uh, coconut oil. We're going we're gonna to eat meat and, 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 and somehow avoid carbs. And, and that means throughout the good carbs too. Don't eat fruit. Don't eat, I mean, vegetables. There even some guy running around saying lectin are bad don't eat beans i mean you just gotta cook beans you just you just don't eat raw beans i mean there's just such so much confusion because the meat and dairy industry loves this controversy because they want people to believe that it's safe and healthy to eat a lot of animal products even arnold schwarzenegger himself is coming out in a movie uh check the trailer called game changers and they're talking to me about being hopefully in a in a future segment about some of the world-class athletes that are basically breaking all the records and even Arnold himself, who had a heart attack recently, has come around because of one of the producers of Avatar and Terminator, who's also on the movie sets, lays out all vegan foods for the um, the movie stars and actresses. If they want to go eat off stage, they can or offset, but he's serving them healthy food. Uh, I believe it's Cameron Mitchell, I think, is, is, is the producer. I haven't met him yet. I'm looking forward to it. That's so uh, sorry. I hardly know any of these people because I don't watch movies. I live under a rock, but like you're making me want to go research this trailer. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so, you know, really, I, I think that it, when we talk about quality skin, keep these three points in mind detoxify, nutrify, and fortify. And when you do these three points, it's going to help improve not only the quality of your skin your body shape, your energy, your feeling of well-being, and the longevity, I believe, the true, at least the length and the quality of your life. Now, I say this because people need to know that the skin 
isn't harmed by just there's been studies where kids rolled around in the mud they didn't get more acne the mud didn't cause acne mud has bacteria that's you've heard of skin's microbiome mud uh, could actually have compounds in it that it could be beneficial sometimes it could be uh harmful but usually there's not an issue unless you have a scratch or a tear in the skin we have a skin microbiome and these bacteria there are more of them than there are of us and so we need to feed them the right things so that we can grow the right kinds of bacteria that are going to be helpful for us absolutely so the gut is the beginning of where all these probiotics these microbes healthy uh, as you said, there's more bacteria than there are human cells. So they play a big role in the body. But the healthy, good aerobic bacteria that lives with, lives with oxygen are promoted by the consumption of very high fibrous fermented and unfermented fiber foods, fruits, vegetables, beans, and peas, legumes, and so forth. And the bad bacteria is promoted by animal product, anaerobic bacteria that lives without oxygen. Deoxycholic acid is a proven colon carcinogen. Dr. Dennis Burkett, who I met in 1978, over 40 years ago, stated very clearly that an animal-based diet increased this harmful type of bacteria that led to colon cancer. And he published his studies in the medical literature. It was forgot in the literature, but it was shown that high fiber, whole plant-based foods minimize or reduce the risk of over 40 chronic diseases. And he found in the Africans, when they would eat, in the tribe and he went to visit them with Dr. Huel Trowell, Dr. Dennis Burkett and Huel Trowell. And by the way, there's a disease called Burkitt's lymphoma, which was named after Dr. Burkett. He's a very famous doctor who discovered the connection of dairy product and meat to lymphoma and, and uh, also to leukemia and certain forms of, of cancer from eating animal product. But it's interesting that he stated when he went to eat with the early African tribes, they would bring a serving bowl that was so big and put it on the plate. And they said, okay, who's this? for we're going to use a serving bowl and just take our little bit of salad and vegetables and stuff and eat individual bowls and and they waited for the interpreter because they didn't want to be rude and start eating and he said no that serving bowl that's your bowl that's what you're going to eat today and they would eat this humongous bowl of fibrous whole foods unprocessed and sometimes they would eat and if it lasted long enough they may go several hours without eating because they had to go and work and do whatever they do in in the tribe lands and stuff but the reality is when they get hungry again later they would start to forge they'd even eat later at night if they needed to. They'd eat early in the morning when they woke up, but they would eat as they needed, but high fiber, whole foods. And that fostered hydrogen release in the gut. And hydrogen is the most potent selective natural antioxidant, and it helps to clear up the skin. In fact, we have a product called Molecular Hydrogen Ultimate Antioxidant. You drop a towel in the water, you can put a little spray bottle, spray it on your face, and it's this ultimate antioxidant, and it clears up the skin really nicely. And we, we don't normally promote it as such, but it does do the job. And when you take a hydrogen tablet into water, it bubbles out with magnesium hydroxide, it releases molecular hydrogen, you drink it, it's the most potent natural antioxidant even better than vitamin A and C and oranges and, and peppers and things. But the point is, it's selective. So it knocks out the bad um, free radicals and it preserves the good free radicals. And there is a need for some free radicals to stimulate the body for repair and health, like lactic acid stimulates muscle growth. So all that being said, all this healthy probiotics, all this healthy whole food, the foods low in leucine, the fruits and vegetables keep the mTOR levels low. It, it increases sex hormone binding globulin, just like when you eat a lot of raw cruciferous vegetables and it, it 
in creates this uh, sex hormone binding globulin, and vegetarians tend to have higher t- testosterone levels, but they have lower um, free testosterone because it's bound up with free sex hormone binding globulin. It kind of binds it up a little bit, so it releases it when it's needed. So we use certain herbs if someone wants higher testosterone in a product that we use that hurts herbs that selectively kind of bind to the sex hormone binding globulin. But sometimes we like higher sex hormone binding globulin, like in the case when kids have acne. We want it because we don't want to give them birth control pills. We want them to eat this whole foods diet. We want them to take the right supplements that preserve A, the healthy level of sex hormone binding globulin, calms down the overactive hormones. And by the way, animal product is the highest source of unmetabolized harmful estrogens. Animals, even if they're organic and there's no hormones injected in them, have estrus cycles. So chickens, pigs, and beef all have menstrual cycles. We eat them. We eat their hormones. We get 10 to the 6, 10,000 to a million times more estrogen every time we eat animals or dairy product. Uh, Harvard published a study. We get 33 times more esterone sulfate, which is a very harmful type of estrogen, by drinking milk. Yogurt's horrible. Cottage cheese. All these things that people are consuming, thinking they're helping their their biome and their body when they're using they should be using coconut if they're going to use coconut yogurt is pasteurized like pasteurization kills microbes so yeah yeah so when you follow this protocol you're going to have radiant beautiful skin it may take months to correct something that took years to occur hormones often take somewhere between three months and six months but our people who use our product ester block maybe they use dht block or dim 259 depending on what their level is how what their body weight is if they're a little overweight they want the more concentrated triple strength they use the live detox to detoxify because you want to detoxify fortify and nutrify when you do those three things you're going to have perfect healthy skin as you progress through this program that's amazing well dr nick thank you so much for taking the time to help explain the science behind some of this and when it comes to estrogen and acne and hormones and acne i hope that you have an, a nice understanding of how this happens in the in the body why these things are naturally there to protect you and important but when they get out of control that you have some options to back them up and again you can talk to a doctor you can look for over-the-counter supplements um, and additionally you can look for your diet or cruciferous vegetables to kind of mitigate some of those so dr nick i will definitely leave a link to your YouTube channel in the links below. Um, It's something that I look forward to checking out. And thank you again for your commitment to health and wellness for everyone. I'm excited to research and dig into the science of some of the things that we discussed today. Awesome. We'll see you on the internet. Thank you. Be well, be strong. 